We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Pack a Day Podcast. Trevor Jossert, Steve Perhatch, I'm Josh Zirkle. Thanks for making us part of your Packers Day, as it were. Guys, how are we doing today? Uh, I think sigh of relief is kind of yeah. the best thing that I can say right now. I went through the whole scale of emotions of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> denial, drinking. I think that's part of, you know, yeah, drinking's part of it. And then... yes hallelujah jesus is back in town and oh my god aaron Rodgers won the game trevor did, uh, you, did you watch the whole thing i did watch the whole thing and this is actually a non-related this is our first time recording that all three of us are in a different state i am now moved to wichita kansas wichita oh, you're uh, there so so here we here we go all over the country representing green bay packers are a national brand and that this is this is living proof of that I have a confession. America's of, team. America's team. That's right. <laughs> this is America's team. I have a confession to make, and, and I welcome whatever scorn you decide to heap upon me. I shut the game off at the end of the third quarter. I turned it off. Oh. I did. I had – so I'm in the garage. Like, I taped the show in the garage. This is like my office now because, we, you know, who parks a car in the garage, honestly? So I have a 10-foot by 10-foot tarp. It's a white tarp that I hung up in the garage, and now I like I project NFL Sunday ticket on it. So like the games are like you know it's like a giant TV basically. Amazing. So my retinas were about to burn out after about six hours of that, <laughs> and then I went in to watch Sunday night game because the wife wanted to watch it, and for some reason we can't get broadcast in, in in the garage. That's the story for another time. So we get in there, and it's like three quarters in, and I'm just like I can't take it anymore. I would I would have gone blind had I finished that game. 
Uh, but I think it would have been worth it after uh, the comeback that Aaron Rodgers put together. So I welcome whatever scorn you heap upon me because I deserve it, quite frankly. You know, normally I would because, but, I mean, you. It just I feel bad for you that you missed such an amazing comeback. And, you know, when you get older and you're a dad, you need your sleep. I, yeah. I, I respect that. <laughs> Trev, do I get dad respect from you? Oh, child. Absolutely. Um, and I just watched, I watched majority of it too because, uh, and I hope she's going to listen to this, but my girlfriend is a Bears fan. Uh-huh. So I got to watch her reactions throughout the whole game from oh. hell yeah, let's go to he did it again. And he, <laughs> as in Aaron Rodgers. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I did get, I had some amazing text chains from my friends uh, that live in Chicago of uh, like, how bad do you feel? How bad do you feel? And I'm like, and then I started just messing with them like hey it's mm-hmm. happening it's mm-hmm. all happening and i actually called i said it was gonna be 24 20 when they were when they were losing 20 to 3 i was like no this is happening yeah just kind of joking and then oh and then it happened so that it is was a good day it was it was a good day for not only i guess the packers but you know the bears apparently there was no seller's remorse based on john gruden's comments uh you know the day after the game but the bears looked really good uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Trubisky certainly has a long way to go before he's uh, in that realm of prominence, certainly with uh, Aaron Rodgers and maybe even Kirk Cousins. We do looked at what uh, Cousins did in week one. You know, I think that there was a lot to expect of him. I think he met and maybe exceeded expectations uh, in his week one performance. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, it was unbelievably impressive. He it's kind of amazing what happens when you put a really good quarterback and surround him with a lot of weapons. <laughs> but yeah, he, he did everything he's, they wanted him to do, making the throws, you know, handing the ball off to Dalvin Cook. Like, their their rush game wasn't amazing, I don't think, but... No. I mean, Diggs was making catches, Thielen was making catches, Rudolph was making catches. Cousins in particular kind of silenced some of the critics, and most of those critics came from rivals around the division you know they're paying them too much he's not as good as he's worth kind of thing um and like you said steve he's just he's just a good quarterback and now he's got some talent to showcase it and um that just makes that team all around that much better um but going back to the packers Bears game just a little bit before we move on yep. um and i want to hear your thoughts if you agree or disagree as much as aaron Rodgers, i know he threw for 200 some yards in the in the second half alone as much as he won that game, I think the Bears shot themselves in the foot multiple times. I don't yeah. know about you guys, but I thought that third and one before they kicked the field goal to make it 23-17. Yeah. Um, Jordan Howard ran 12 yards on the play prior to that. He was making people look silly. People are trying to arm tackle him. Um, why not go back to him and try to seal the game right there? You know who you're going against in Aaron Rodgers. You know the type of um, ability he has for the dramatic and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Just go for it. What do you got to lose? You're not even expected to be this far. And then, of course, Kyle Fuller dropping the interception from Rodgers right to his chest. Um, <laughs> as much as the Bears did look good, they they really messed up there. Did not it have the killer instinct. Yeah. Well, they didn't have the killer instinct. And it's a young team, young quarterback. There's a bunch of gory ways to put it, but you got to be able to put the team away at the end of the day. And and they weren't able to do that, fortunately. And you're going to pay when Aaron Rodgers is on the other sideline. That's what happened. Yeah, I think the one thing that kind of is going overlooked, everybody's killing Kyle Fuller. That ball was actually tipped. Like you watch it, I think it went off oh, of Max's hand. Was it? Um, watch it again. Like it's subtle, but it was. It kind of redirects it just ever so slightly, and I think huh. it was enough to uh, take a look. So, but yeah, I mean, for me, 
it was the Bears changing their play calling, but when when you have Matt Nagy, that guy, he's he's an offensive guru. He's third and one. Nobody throws it. Any, no, nobody runs it anymore. It's you know, it's a passing league. They're going for the. I, I thought I saw it as them going for the kill. They wanted a touchdown. They wanted to put the Packers away. Yeah. They didn't want to give Aaron Rodgers a shot, and so I think they were going for the home run ball, going for all of it, which you respect. But then it came back and bit them in the butt. I feel like if you go for if you if you throw the ball on third and one, that's kind of like okay, we're gonna go for it regardless on fourth down. So then they throw it, they're they're aggressive, and then they come back and make the conservative play to um, to kick the field goal. And I don't know if this is just a conspiracy of mine or not, but <laughs> being up three is a lot better on defense than being up six. I mean, it's not a good thing, but you know, maybe the Packers played a little bit more safe when they're down three, even if you don't get that that first down on fourth and one. Um, I think the reward is a lot better than the risk. And I, I will just hold this to it that the bears messed up greatly there to put them away. Steve, you mentioned the word guru when you were talking about um, Matt Nagy. There's another, there's another guru in town uh, that is in the NFC North, Matt Patricia, uh, an auspicious debut. <laughs> you might say the, the, the ink's not even dry on this thing yet, but just get destroyed, destroyed by Sam Babyface Darnold, uh, Todd Bowles, and Gang White, if you will, uh, the New York Jets coming into Ford Field and laying the smackdown. Guys, I did not see that coming. I thought the Jets were going to be good on defense. I did not think Matt Stafford would be so benevolent with the football. I thought he would throw interceptions maybe in the single digits, certainly not the double digits. But that team looks like they have a, a, a lot of work ahead of them. Uh, and the apple, you might say, fell quite far uh, for the Belichick coaching tree. Steve, what did you think of that game? I mean, it's it's pretty shocking because you, you fully expected – I mean, we, we were, you were talking about how you thought the Lions were going to be the, the leaders yeah, of the pack of the I NFC did. North. And, I mean, to be this far off – granted, week one, you still have plenty of time to figure all these things out. I didn't get to watch the game. Um, but, I mean, there's pick sixes. There's punt returns for touchdowns. There's – all these bad. things that it's just it's it, a sloppy team at like this from the the sound of it. So week one, I'm not going to read too much into it just yet, but it's not what you want to start week one. Uh, I was I watched a little bit of the game, and it was funny. The broadcast was talking about how Jim Bob Cooter was the only offensive coordinator to be retained. Um, from a new head coach this year, all around the league. And yep. The reason they did that was because of him and the connection he had with Stafford and I do follow a couple of Lions fans I got Lions friends um, or friends who are Lions fans on Twitter and they were saying the complete opposite they are not pleased with this play calling they do not think they mesh well Um, and that is just I don't know I know it's week one but it is the Jets and Josh you mentioned that you think the Jets will be somewhat good I don't know what I think of them I really like that secondary they have I think Jamal Adams is a star in the making um, they got uh, that signing Tremaine. They were just all over the place tonight. Um, they ate up the run. Um, they didn't let any of the running backs get downfield. Um, Stafford looked flustered all night. So I, I know maybe we're underselling the Jets a little bit, but I don't know. I don't think it's time to panic. But man, these are the games in a tough schedule for all the NFC North teams that you need to win. A home game against a team that's not projected to be over 500 this year. I think this loss is going to come back to haunt them. Yeah, it's it was it, like it's a perfect week one game. Like you know, 
some of the games are just like, wow, you know, that was going to happen. Okay, Pittsburgh and Cleveland tie because they're playing a monsoon, fine. But then, like, you've got a game like Tampa Bay beating New Orleans at New Orleans. You're like, well, how the hell did that happen? And, and this game's kind of like that, too, where it's just like, I need to see another week. Is the Jets front four this good? Is the Detroit line this bad? You know, the play calling was bad. It got worse in the second half, I thought, too, because they kept Stafford in after he uh, got kicked in the, knee, in the knee in the first half. But they kept him in. But instead of trying to take shots down the field, they're just dinking and dunking. Like, I don't know if they're trying to get him in a rhythm for for next week or if they thought they could sneak back into the game or or they didn't want to play Matt Castle, which is certainly understandable. But uh, at that point, it's like, make up your mind. Whereas the Jets, like... Sam Darnold looked awesome. I mean, just ridiculous. Throwing on the run. And his receivers made great catches. Uh, Crowell came over from Cleveland. He looked fantastic. Well, that helps when nobody's trying to tackle you. Uh, so I don't know what to make of Detroit at this uh, at this point. Uh, because they, they just look so bad. You're like, they can't be that bad. It was like the Saints defense last year where they gave up like 1,000 yards in the first two weeks of the season. And you're just like, they can't be that bad. But going a little farther uh, down the NFC North, or up the NFC North, I guess. The Vikings, I think, looked pretty good uh, against a San Francisco team that we all thought, uh, maybe most of us thought, had turned the corner. Garoppolo didn't look great. Cousins, I thought, was very good, but not great. Uh, Steve mentioned a little bit about how everybody contributed. You know, 244 yards, uh, two touchdowns. What is the biggest thing, Steve, I'll start with you. What's the biggest thing you were looking out for uh, with this Vikings team? Is it Cousins? Is it the the secondary, which is probably the best in the league? Uh, the front four, Daniel Hunter, what is it? I mean, honestly, it, it's kind of annoying that I'll say this, but it's a combination of all the defense. Oh, that is annoying. <laughs> and I, I know. I have, but it's, it's what's on my mind because I was watching highlights of the game. Yeah. You can't pick out one thing. They've got the front. They've got the linebackers. They've got the secondary. I mean, the secondary picked off Jimmy Garoppolo three times. I know one of them was late in the game when he made a bad throw. Yep. Still, they picked him off three times, and they weren't easy picks. I mean, they they had to make some good catches on them. They're deep. They're bringing huge blitzes. It's a scary defense, and you saw early on in the Packer game that they had issues when they have a strong front seven Yep. and Zimmer knows how to bring the heat on Aaron Rodgers. He plays him very coaches up a great scheme every time they play. So it's, um, I mean, you saw improvement in the second half from the offensive line. Hopefully that continues on, but it's perplexing. I will say. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking kind of to steal your thunder a bit. I'm looking at the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. I just remember the first half of that Packers Barry's game, Cleo Mack owned them the whole defense front seven owned them I remember that I think it was the first play of the game where Rodgers fumbled the ball and they recovered it you could just look Rodgers had no idea where to go he, they, right. he snapped the ball and the the defense was there on him um, but I thought that and I don't think they get enough credit I thought they made a tremendous adjustment in the second half um, allowing Rodgers to do what Aaron Rodgers does um, so I I just want to see the offensive line keep improving keep getting that you know chemistry together because they got another test this weekend with Minnesota. We all know how good they are. And right. they went from the first half looking like they could have used another preseason game to steal your words, Josh, to looking like, you know, they, they belong and they're, they just, I just think they did a great job. So I really like to see that continue. 
Yeah, I would as well. And I should point out that we're, we're taping this a little earlier in the week, so we're not exactly sure if Aaron Rodgers is going to be available in this game. Uh, at this recording, it sounds like uh, McCarthy and the Packers are still collecting information, uh, to use Coach McCarthy's words, uh, on the extent of the injury. So we are not clear that Aaron Rodgers is going to be starting uh, against the Vikings, but uh, it's very clear that whether it is Rodgers or Deshaun Kaiser, that guy might be running for his life a little bit. Uh, Sheldon and Linval, this is from uh, Arif Hassan uh, on Twitter, at Harif Hassan, talking about uh, the defensive tackles for the Vikings, graded second and third on pro football focus for all of week one. And, uh, you know, you're talking about Daniel Hunter, uh, who just re-signed, Everson Griffin, uh, an unsung hero if, if there is such a thing on that defense. That is a scary front four, and I think they're going to be at least as good as uh, the Bears were with Khalil Mack. I, I just think that's going to be uh, a daunting task, uh, and we're excited to see uh, what the Packers intend to do and, and how they intend to address that uh, going forward over the course of the week. Guys, we're about out of time. Do we want to chime in with anything else? Any any lasting thoughts, any, any bold predictions perhaps? I want to go around the room, the virtual room, so to speak. I want to hear one one player from the Packers in week one that stood out to you that you were surprised with, or not really surprised with, or that you were impressed with. And I just want to point out um, what a game Randall Cobb had. Oh, um, yes. I had friends text me saying, who should I start between so-and-so, so-and-so, and Randall Cobb? And I said, anybody but Cobb. I did not think he would have the great <laughs> oh, game. Oh, my gosh. Greatest game. Um, and I completely admit I was wrong on that. He looked great out there. Rodgers and him had that connection like they always do. He trusted him. Yep. Um, I mean, 142 yards and, of course, that big touchdown. Um, Randall, I doubt you're listening, but I am sorry that I doubted you. I we'll did get him there. He'll, I did start Randall Cobb, by the way. and I, I was very happy to have done that. I did start Randall Cobb. And he. Um, <laughs> I think I'm only losing by 40 now instead of 60. So, <laughs> so you thank go. you, Randall Cobb. Steve, uh, for me, as far as being impressed, it was the other side of the wide receivers with Geronimo Allison mm-hmm. coming up big. I mean, he was a big question mark. Everybody said he was ready. They talked the big game, but when you can actually produce and produce in a big way with that huge catch in the end zone, I mean, I know Rodgers dropped it on a dime right in his basket, but he still caught the ball fuller all over him, got feet in, like everything just did exactly what he needed to do. So that was really, really impressive. And then on the complete, complete flip side, unimpressed with clay matthews yeah my god that was understandably rated it was graded out by pro football as the lowest outside linebacker in week one f minus it showed i mean he was missing tackles he was over pursuing oh just all the time just bad man it just you sat there and you said who is this this is not the guy that we used to know as the Packers best outside linebacker. I mean, I honestly think at some point, if you move him back to the middle a little bit and you can have Reggie Gilbert and Nick Perry running on the outside, it was that bad. Yeah. It was, uh, I hope that, uh, that improves as the season goes on, quite frankly. Um, I'm going to pick a guy here and bizarre to pick him since I was happy to see him go off the field. But when Deshaun Kaiser got in there, you know, I felt like, uh, we weren't dealing with the Brett Hundley of, of yesteryear. This is a guy I felt like that if he is called upon, can make a few plays, can keep his team in games. He he was not spectacular on the line. It was, was four of seven uh, and, and did throw a pick. Let's 
let's uh, not exclude that, but uh, showed enough flair, I thought, that uh, the Packers will not be in, in so dire straits in the event uh, that Aaron Rodgers isn't able to play. And maybe that means like 4-12 and 12 instead of 3-13. and 13. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but I thought Devontae Adams had a nice game also. But Deshaun Kaiser... Some rays of light a little bit. I mean, although not a great necessarily uh, productive performance. Yeah, I'm with you there on Kaiser just real quick. I think um, when he came in, it was crucial for him to make a couple plays and not go three and out and not get the defense back on the field. And I believe that first drive did end in an interception. But, I mean, he moved the ball down, changed field position again. So um, I think we do have an upgrade with Kaiser as our backup. And I wouldn't say not to be worried if Rodgers can't go. But there's yeah. a little light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, that's about that's a better way to put it. All right, we are at a show, guys. I want to thank you for tuning in for the Pack a Day podcast once again. We will have a new show for you tomorrow, and by we I mean someone else. We, Trevor, Steve, and I will actually be back on in two weeks, and you can listen to us again there. Uh, until then, we will see you on the internet. Thanks again for listening to the Pack a Day podcast. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over and gets the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Cut Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over. Starts to his left. Now he moves. Starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high point and it caught. It is caught for a touchdown. Yes! A miracle yes! pass yes! left. Yes! 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 In the end zone. Can you believe it? Unbelievable. One kick away from the NFC Championship game. From the 41. Left hand spot. 51 yards. Field goal attempt. Snap. Placement. Kick to the upright. And it is right down yes! the middle. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.